Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here on The Truth, back with another fantasy football tier show. We recently did the quarterback show, and now we are going to be doing the running back show. I hope you guys are excited for another episode here on The Truth. And today, as mentioned, we're going to be talking running backs. We talked quarterbacks the other day, it was good to get kind of 32 quarterbacks here. We now got more than 32 running backs because obviously teams run more than one running back at times. So joined once again by AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing here today? I'm doing great now. How are you? Doing great as well. I love this time of year. It's great to get these fantasy football slash NFL podcasts out here. This month of August and September really is the grind because it's preparing for the upcoming NFL season then when the NFL season is actually here it's actually pretty exciting as well so hopefully you guys are excited we're talking running backs today it's the same format as the last show where we have uh superstar tier and then tier one through four I'm gonna go ahead and let you kick it away with the your tier four running backs okay yeah so for my tier four running backs these are guys who need this is the year to really prove themselves or more on the lower end like in your draft game later in there guys who I'd be willing to still draft, but I don't really – I'm not looking for them uh, in the beginning of the draft, just guys that fall to fill out rosters. So first I have the running back room for the Bills, Damian Harris and James Cook. Either one really works. I like James Cook a little bit more out of the two, but being with the Bills, they're not a huge running team outside of Josh Allen just running it himself, more pass first offense there. Next up I have James Conner. I know he racks up a lot of touchdowns, but not having Kyler there for roughly the first half of the season of being Colt McCoy, there's going to be some trouble in the backfield that there's not going to be – they're going to have to rely on the run game, it feels like, because there isn't many weapons at the wide receiver room there and having Colt McCoy as the quarterback's not the best. So, yes, James Conner can rack up touchdowns, but I don't see the carries being there and also him becoming older. We've seen with these uh, quote-unquote older running backs – are starting to happen when they were just getting released and going to new teams. Next up, I have Devin Singletary. Uh, I'm just not a big fan of him this year. I don't know why. Just no, I don't. But he, I would get him later in drafts than this year. He's not undraftable. Next up, uh, Rashad White. Uh, another QB thing there. I think it's a better situation than it is with the uh, – uh, sorry, of the, uh, with the Cardinals. But uh, with Tampa – being there, he's still young. He hasn't really proven to be the RB1. He should be the RB1. But later in draft, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, another guy. They got Isaac Pacheco there and Hilaire. And this isn't really much of a running team as well. Same with the Bills. They do run here and there, but not quite as often. I mean, they have Patrick Mahomes, so it makes sense. A.J. Dillon, more of a bully ball running back. But him splitting the backfield with Aaron Jones is going to take away touches. He'll probably get more of the goal line work, but having a new quarterback there, not having Rodgers, who likes throwing to his running backs, uh, is going to kind of decrease some, both of their values in the sense of uh, PPR leagues and receptions there. Uh, and also probably not as many red zone opportunities for A.J. Dillon being more that bully ball back uh, going in between the tackles and getting those touchdowns. And last up, I have David Montgomery for the Lions. He's not undraftable, but he's definitely down there. Uh, I mean, Jamar Gibbs uh, being drafted there in the first round very high by the Lions. It pushes Dave Montgomery back, and they're probably going to want to go with Gibbs a lot more just because he is a younger back there. Yeah, so running backs are interesting. I mean, I've had an interesting philosophy on running backs throughout all of fantasy football because I feel like the running backs, especially in today's day and age, 
this this is the position that's like the utmost value and utmost priority when discussing fantasy football because we live in a day and age where there's so many running backs that are just two tier running backs or you know two running back systems and it's so hard to really have a consistent number one and that's part of it honestly and so as far as my tiers are concerned I mean you're not going to be drafting third string running backs you're going to be drafting a lot of second string running backs but not really any third string running backs so my tier four list really consists of guys that you most likely aren't going to draft but you might want to draft as a safekeeping in case something does happen and that's why I only have three running backs at the tier four position my first is going to be Tyler Algier. We obviously saw Bijan Robinson drafted to the Falcons, and he's going to be the main running back. I mean, they have a heavy emphasis on Bijan, and he is one of the better running backs to come out of the draft in recent time. Everybody knows that. But Algier is a guy that's established himself last season, especially coincided with Cordero Patterson. And he's the guy in case Bijan does go down with an injury or, you know, they want to mix in a two-running back system eventually with Bijan. Algier is still going to have somewhat productive numbers. Is he going to be your RB1 or 2? No, but there's some weeks that he could potentially be an RB3 or even in the flex position. So I like Algier there, obviously, um, as far as just overall playing at the position there. Kind of the same boat with Damian Harris, although I like Damian Harris more than Algier because, yeah, as you mentioned, Damian Harris there in Buffalo. James Cook is the running back, but Buffalo running backs are just weird because they typically aren't your prototypical running backs as far as running the football. They are usually pass-catching running backs and have most of their successes from there. But Damian Harris is a guy that's a straight runner. I think James Cook is more of a pass-catching back, and I feel like that was the case with Damian Harris there in New England. And he was the guy that a lot of people had high expectations for and high hopes for, but he obviously hadn't been able to stay healthy and his time in New England came to an end. And then finally, Matt Breida. I mean, Matt Breida in my dynasty league, I really liked because of the whole Saquon Barkley holdout situation. But again, it's another situation where Saquon goes down. Breida's a guy that you can easily fill in there. The Giants don't have too much offensive firepower in the passing game, so they're going to be run heavy. And although Saquon's going to be the main back, Breida could get some opportunity. But these are guys, again, that you just kind of want to stash in your bench. If you know it's late in the draft, you need a, maybe a depth position there. Those three guys are guys that you could potentially filter in the mix um, here and there. Okay, your tier three running backs. So tier three, tier three has my, my most running backs here. And these are guys uh, that they're either in a committee or they're coming off injury or they just have to prove themselves uh, this year being the full-time running back. Uh, so my first one, I have a group of uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke. I don't know exactly how they're going to split carries or how it's going to work out there. I like Ramondre more. He's younger. He's been in the system a bit longer. Obviously, we know the talent of Zeke, but he is getting older. So both of those kind of that third tier, like later, I would rather uh, get Ramondre. He's uh, questionable. I can move him up to my tier two. Uh, he's super talented, but having Zeke there is probably going to take away some carries. Next up, I have Javante Williams for the Broncos. I uh, really like him, but coming off the knee injury and then also just how this Broncos offense is going to work, I believe Sean Payton will use him a lot. He likes using his brain backs at a lot of uh, plays and a lot of the sets that they have. But Williams coming off the injury, he's still young, but just we haven't seen him have a full season where he's been able to be completely dominant. So we, I'm hoping to see that. He's also one of those guys who could finish uh, going higher, going into like the tier two and higher next year's drafts. J.K. Dobbins, another guy who's been injured a lot. He was really good at, at Ohio State. And now with the Ravens, Lamar being back, having a couple more receiving options. Is going to open up the field for J.K. Dobbins. And if I'm not wrong, he is a pretty solid receiving back as well. Uh, so I like him. He's just in, It's just injury bug with him. Isaiah Pacheco, next one, it, I talked about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire there. 
But Isaiah Pacheco, I believe, is the better running back out of the two. Uh, he can do pat. He, he can receive out the backfield. He runs really well. But same thing on the Chiefs, they're not as much of a running uh, team compared to the passing. Again, because of having Mahomes, but Pacheco, I like, and he again another guy could move up to tier two. But just kind of how are they going to split carries there as much? And he's probably going to be the lead back. Miles Sanders, he was injured last year. Uh, if I if I'm not wrong, uh, being a Philly now with a new team, uh, I like Sanders, but I also don't like Sanders. It's up and down. As whenever I draft him, he has a bad year, and then whenever I don't draft him, he has a good year. So I just don't know. It's been really inconsistent. Uh, after that, I have Jamal Williams slash Kendra Miller. I know they're both on the Saints, and with having Kamar out for the first three weeks, it's who's going to really get the carries there. And I'll start that. Outside of that, uh, Dennis Allen does run with a lot multiple running backs. We saw it last year with uh, Latavius Murray and Mark Ingram and Kamara. Uh, it's just kind of how are they going to split carries there after Kamara? Uh, Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams are probably going to be used more as a, more of a traditional running back compared to Kamara. Kamara, Kamara is one of the better receiving backs. So I can see him in more of those goal line sets where they want to try to run it in with those two. So there's a lot of touchdown potential between those guys. Uh, Tanks. Uh, Tank Bigsby, a guy you mentioned uh, during the Jag show, a uh, little bit smaller guy, just ground and pound, kind of like the complete opposite of Travis Etienne there. Uh, again, touchdown upside is really high there. Uh, not much of a receiving back, but can can do that. Uh, I like him, but I wouldn't go out and try to draft him early. I think he's the guy who could who could fall in the draft uh, this year in fantasy. You're able to pick him up later. And the last guy I have in tier three is Alexander Madison. We haven't seen him be the full-time running back. Obviously, Dalvin Cook being gone, he's going to be getting that role. And obviously, they believe in him because they let uh, Dalvin Cook go. But we haven't seen him take that full-time snaps yet, uh, be the number one back and have that type of – kind of see how that goes there. Yeah, so for me, I use a Tier 3 system as more of an opportunity for, I guess, backs that are kind of like Tier 4s, but more ample opportunity. And either these are full-time running backs as far as RB1s or RB2s, or these are guys that, again, can be filtered in the mix very nicely. But they're not going to be your typical RB1 literally in your lineup week in and week out. So my first one's going to be J.K. Dobbins. I mean, the thing with J.K. Dobbins is we don't really know what we're going to get. He obviously wants his respect as far as his money. We've seen that. Um, and all that stuff, you know, with the um, Baltimore Ravens. But he hasn't necessarily performed because he hasn't been on the field, and that's something that's going to be huge for them there. You know, in Baltimore, I think Lamar and that offense is going to try to kind of change their offense style a little bit. So J.K. Dobbins might get hurt from that aspect from the get-go, but J.K. Dobbins is still a prolific back. We obviously saw that at Ohio State. I'm a bit skeptical to draft him just because of his previous seasons, but he's a guy, again, that can be filtered into the mix very nicely and have a good, successful season um, my next guy is going to be miles sanders i mean we had talked about this you had but just miles sanders coming from philadelphia where he was injured and injury prone to now a position in carolina where he is the lead running back and i think more for miles sanders this is a guy that can be potentially moved into a rb or a tier two um, but i still am a little bit skeptical about miles sanders how that offense is going to roll how that line is going to hold up so those are my biggest concerns revolving miles sanders but he is still a good back and has a lot of opportunity Khalil Herbert. I'm putting Khalil Herbert pretty deep here. This might come as a surprise to some, but I've never been a big Khalil Herbert fan. I've never really been a big Bears running uh, backs fan previously when um, you know, they had guys like Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery, but he is going to be the main, main running back there in Chicago. 
I do think there is some skeptic skepticism with Khalil Herbert. I think uh, Justin Fields is going to be a little bit more mobile, even more than he already is in the pocket. So that's going to hurt uh, Herbert's production. But at the same time, too, this is a guy that can you know blossom into a RB one or top ten running back in all of fantasy football. So a lot of risk there, in my opinion, with him. But I think there is some reward. I'm just not feeling the risk as much. I think. Maybe as time goes on, I get a little bit more comfortable with him, then I'll be a little bit happier putting Khalil Herbert in a tier two or even a tier one position. But he is a guy that could eventually become that. It's just a matter of time and kind of seeing how his connection is, um, you know, manipulated in the Bears offense. Javante Williams, again, similar situation. Never been a big Javante Williams fan, even, you know, with the Broncos running backs as a whole. Does scare me a lot this year, especially with how that offense has played in the past, you know, as far as, um, when he was there with Buff, uh, the Broncos early on and are now going into this year, he is, again, the only running back, main running back there. But I feel like they are going to kind of do a different style or not necessarily a different style, but not utilize Javante Williams as much as perhaps need be in this position. Um, so I'm a little bit scared with him there. I got Damian Pierce. Again, similar situation. I like Damian Pierce as a running back, but I'm not a big fan of Damian Pierce with the Texans offense. I also think, too, that the Texans are going to kind of get Devin Singletary more involved. And you guys like Mike Boone, Devin Singletary, more of a pass-catching running back, taking away some PPR points for Damian, Damian Pierce. So not liking his fantasy value. If the Texans' offense is a bit better, I would be higher on Damian Pierce because I do like Damian Pierce as a running back as far as his skill set and translate to the NFL. I got Zach Moss. Zach Moss here. Um, one of the reasons why I'm going to be somewhat high on Zach Moss is the fact that we don't officially know what's going on with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, We've seen that the report seemed to be a bit encouraging, especially as of late. But this is a guy that wants his money. This is a guy that wants out. So Jonathan Taylor might be kind of filtered in the mix. And on top of that, Jonathan Taylor last year is very injury prone. Zach Moss, I know, did break his arm. I believe he's out four to six weeks. But he's a guy that you can definitely take in your drafts and feel comfortable with having, you know, success even more of a as a, like a handcuff and see, you know, as time goes on, if he can develop into that number one running back for Indianapolis. But he's going to be able to get – you know, that pass catching that you need at the running back position is going to be a guy that's, you know, very reliable in, in certain aspects. So all in all, in my opinion, I think it's a win-win situation there if you go for a guy like Zach Moss, especially since I think he's going to fall a lot. I know this one definitely comes as a surprise to a lot of people, but I'm putting T Travis Etienne at the tier three as well because I'm just so high on Kinks Bigsby. And I feel like Travis Etienne is poised for a position like how James Robinson's when James Robinson was manipulated in that Jaguars system last season. I think Travis Etienne's a great running back. Don't get me wrong. But I think Tank Bigsby is going to have more production than Travis Etienne. And more than anything, I think this is a bang for your buck pick at Tier 3. I think a lot of people are going to overstep on Travis Etienne, draft him way earlier than he needs to go. And so if he's a guy that does fall to you, sure. But at the end of the day, he's going to be one of those guys that's left pretty early. So be a bit curious to see, again, as time goes on, what happens with an Etienne and the Jaguars offense. Isaiah Pacheco, I feel like it's the same situation. He obviously broke out last season, but the Clyde Edwards Hilaire did the same thing the year before. So you can never trust the Chiefs running backs, in my opinion. I mean, we obviously know who their offense runs through, and that's Patty Mahomes. But having guys like Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Edwards Hilaire on the roster, too, McKinnon was a guy that just all of a sudden kind of boosted his fantasy production because of his pass catching value. I mean, I wish he would have done that in Minnesota. It would have made me want to draft him more in my fantasy leagues back when he was with the Vikings. But I think this is going to be a similar situation and not a good fit for a uh, Isaiah Pacheco. I think Jarek McKinnon honestly has more value than Isaiah Pacheco. And I think the Chiefs offense, again, isn't going to be focused on necessarily running the football. I mean, obviously they have to. But Isaiah Pacheco isn't going to be a guy that – I think he's going to be a guy that maybe a lot of people are excited to get like a Jarek – not Jarek McKinnon, like a Travis Etienne or something like that. 
But I do believe as time goes on, you know, he will be a guy that, again, can filter in the mix nicely. But I just think that Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Flair in that running back room is a bad situation for Isaiah Pacheco. Next guy I got on this list right here is going to be Jarek McKinnon. I know I just talked about him, but I also put the number two next to his name because I think he could be a tier two running back. If I had to pick between Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, I would easily go with Jarek McKinnon. I think consistency, you'll get more consistency options from McKinnon and as far as an overall good threat running back. Now, McKinnon is getting up there in age compared to Isaiah Pacheco, but McKinnon's a guy that, again, can filter him pretty nicely. If I was trying to avoid Chiefs at running back, I'd avoid Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think a lot of people were trying to avoid him last year, and the people that didn't ended up getting bit in the ass for it. Um, but he's a guy that's very inconsistent. McKinnon and Pacheco, be curious to see kind of their one-two tandem they got rolling, at least to start the season, and uh, how that offense, I guess, matures over time. Raheem Mostert. Okay, I don't like Raheem Mostert. I didn't like him last year. It ended up kind of biting me in the ass as far as, you know, saying that, because there's times where I'm going to be wrong on it, and I was wrong on Raheem Mostert. I don't know why. Again, with this Miami offense, I just feel more than anything they want to pass, 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 and they should. I mean, they got two attack of Viola. They got um, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. So why would you necessarily run the ball? I don't think, you know, running the ball is going to be a must. And in the past, I felt more comfortable with Miami running a running back by committee, um, you know, compared to where they're at right now. So that's the reason why I'm a bit skeptical on Raheem Mostert. I just don't think the production from Raheem is going to be as solid per se. But again, I said that last year, so who knows going into this year. Kenneth Walker, again, another guy here at Tier 3. I really like Zach Charbonnet. I thought he would have been, a well, not necessarily a better fit, not in Seattle, but I think he would have been fit on any NFL team and potentially contending for the job if, you know, he didn't get drafted by Seattle. But I think he is going to be the better running back of the two. I know he was kind of dealing with an injury. Pete Carroll kind of made it seem like he was dealing with an injury more serious than it really was. But Charbonnet is a guy that I'm drafting high on my list. Kenneth Walker is a good running back, but we saw kind of what happened. I mean, the running backs for uh, Seattle have been weird. I mean, Chris Carson, obviously, with retirement, ever since Beast Mode, really, it's been inconsistent, to say the least. Um, You know, we got a guy like Kenneth Walker, who I think a lot of people are high on. I don't think it's a good bang for your buck pick there. Um, And I'll talk more about Zach Charbonnet and then the next year, because I'm at tier two. And then finally, Antonio Gibson. I'm putting Antonio Gibson here. Again, I don't like Antonio Gibson. I'm really liking Brian Robinson compared to Antonio Gibson. The Antonio Gibson train for me, as far as his NFL production right now in Washington, is gone. Does that mean he'll ever come back? I mean, I believe so. It will come back in a period of time. But this year, no. I mean, you look at the roster they got there. You got him, obviously. You got Brian Robinson and Chris Rodriguez Jr., who they're very high on. So I think it's a lose-lose situation there for Antonio Gibson in Washington. Okay, your tier two. So for tier two, I have Kenneth Walker. Yeah, Charbonnet's there, but I really like Kenneth Walker. And when he actually had the starting role towards the end of the season, and was the main back, he he really dis- didn't disappoint. I know a lot of teams, or he carried a lot of fantasy teams last year towards the, that end stretch at the very end, te- making teams either win championships or push him into the championship game. I just like Walker. Yes, his pro- I think his production will be better than it was last year, and he was really efficient. Yes, there may be some carries that go away with Chardonnay, and it, it, it does concern me a little bit because they did go get a running back in the second round. Obviously, Charbonnet, he's, he's talented, super talented coming out of UCLA. So that was more of just drafting someone up because they need the need a player at the position, but they need just he's one of the best one one was one of the best athletes in the draft right there at that position, and it just wouldn't make sense to uh, pass over him. And then after that, I have Damian Pierce. I uh, I do believe Singletary may take away some of that role, especially if you're receiving back. 
him being there. But uh, I just like Damian Pierce. I don't know. I liked him last year. Uh, I forgot who it was. It was in one of the drafts uh, at your old place. I told I told I walked over to someone. I was like, Damian Pierce still on the board. Draft him. He did. I don't know exactly where he ended the year, but Damian Pierce ended the last. year with five. He finished last. Okay, well, Damian Pierce. I, I had no idea who it was. I was saying that to kind of erase uh, your point, but you're good. All right. Well, he, either way, he finished with over almost 1,100 yards, if not uh, a little bit over 1,100 total yards, uh, five total touchdowns, got 30 receptions, so he was able to receive out that field a bit. Now, he may not get the 30 receptions now because uh, they may use him in a little bit different role, but I like Damian Pierce. I like the talent there. He's still super young. I think he's a guy that they're going to want to definitely use in the system. Next up, I have Travis Etienne. We both talked about Tanks Big to be how we both like him, but I think Etienne is just super talented. I don't think he's going to be also the same thing that you're talking about James Robinson because Etienne, I believe, was a first-round pick or a second. Yeah, first-round pick, 25th overall. Uh, He just injured his first year. didn't play the first season. But last year was technically his first full season of playing in 17 games. Had combined a little bit over 1,400 yards, uh, five touchdowns. Uh, I think that he can put up similar numbers like that. I don't think they're going to try to get him out of, off the team, out of town as quickly as they did with Robinson, because I believe Robinson was either a really late-round draft pick or a UDFA uh, in ETN. They really they invested it a first-round pick in him, so I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, next up, I have Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris is, is getting looked over just because of the team that he's on. Uh just being able to do what he does, uh, he's able to receive out of the backfield, and he's doing this with a rookie quarterback last year, so there wasn't as much time to be able to play like how he wanted to. But back in 2021, he had 1,200 yards, six, seven rushing touchdowns, 467 receiving yards off 47 receptions, three receiving touchdowns. Last year, still broke 1,000 yards with seven rushing touchdowns, 230 re- receiving yards with three receiving touchdowns. So the protect- touchdown production has been there. He's averaged 10 touchdowns combined a year over 1,200, year- 1200 combined yards last year, 1,600 his first year. I mean, I think being able to have the system, have Pickett uh, be able to use him more, rely on him uh, a little more heavy instead of trying to make things happen uh, himself, he's going to be able to – Najee's going to be able to move up the fantasy drafts. I think people are looking over him. You would, I don't think you can get him late, but I would be. I do. I am looking for him in a lot of my drafts this year. Next up, Joe Mixon. Mixon. There isn't many other rainbacks on this team where I think they're going to really take his spot. I mean, he had that great. I think it was like five or six touchdown game, something along those lines of towards the end of the season last year, which really pushed fantasy teams above. I Graham Mixon's probably not going to do that every week, but he's been consistent his entire career. And I don't believe they have some of the running backs they had last year, and they don't have many running backs that are going to take his spot. I think he's just going to be the main lead back there. Next up, I have Jameer Gibbs. I would, I don't think Gibbs should have been drafted where he's drafted. I don't know why. I feel like there's other guys this team could have gone with. But Gibbs isn't bad, and he's probably going to be the lead back there. I don't see anyone taking much of his uh, role being there. Uh, I think they're going to try to rely on him more uh, – Best, especially because they didn't have much of a run game last year. Yes, they had uh, Jamal Williams, who had the 17 rushing touchdowns. But outside of that, that was Williams' first year as a full-time back, and he got almost 1,100 yards with 17 touchdowns. I think Gibbs is a little, is more talented than Williams as a whole, and I think they're going to try to utilize him in the same type of rules as Jamal Williams. 
Next up, Brian Robinson. You talked about uh, – you mentioned him just earlier, but he was really efficient when he was on the field. Uh, missed several games uh, because of getting shot. But when he was on the field, uh, he only played 12 games. And those 12 games had almost 800 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, uh, had 60 receiving yards with one receiving touchdown. He had just averaged, he averaged 66.4 yards per, uh, per game rushing, uh, only six – sorry, uh, not many receiving yards per game, but he's able to do both. Being able to have him healthy throughout the whole season, hopefully and have him start the season. Uh, he's easily one of those guys in five more games could have gotten – if he played those five more games, he could have gotten uh, 11, 1,200 yards there, probably a few more touchdowns. Uh, my guess would have been a minimum five because he had two in the 12 games. And he would – the receiving isn't as much there, but he is able to still receive some of his PPR points. Uh, next up, DeAndre Swift. Swift was also another guy who was injured a lot last year. I am on fantasy, and he was really good last year with the Lions when he was healthy, but he just got injured really early into the season, it felt like. Uh, he came back, played a few games, but he, you could obviously tell he wasn't the same. And that's kind of been his whole thing his entire career. He just hasn't played a full season, 13, 13, and 14 games. Uh, but last year in the 14 games, he had 540 two rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns. He also received for 389 receiving yards with three receiving touchdowns, 48 receptions. So good PPR points there as well. Um, going to the Eagles now, his hometown, I think he's really going to want to try to show out and just how lethal this the entire offense is. And they aren't afraid to run the ball there. We've seen that we saw this last year. They had more of a committee going on. And last up, I have Jarek McKinnon. Uh, you mentioned it before. I like him. I think his stock's better than Pacheco uh, and Clyde edwards just because of that receiving part of his game. He does it better than Pacheco and Clyde, and it seems like Mahomes trusts him through the air. Uh, he had a good amount of receiving touchdowns last year. I think he pushed almost nine receiving touchdowns, one rushing. He didn't get a lot of uh, total yards. He combined for about 800 total yards, but 56 receptions. So he's just a PPR beast. Uh, he is more of probably a flex play than an RB2 play, but he is someone that uh, you could get behind Pacheco or Clyde uh, just because people think there's more upside there. But I think McKinnon's more of a safer option that you can use at your flex every week. So my tier two, again, it's, it's a pretty meaty tier two and tier three for me are the meatiest. Um, I, I think, again, tier two. Tier two now to the point for me is like guys that like you could use primarily as your running back two or your flex position. Um, if I had to pick kind of one of those two, they're not necessarily running back ones, but a mixture of both. Uh, so my first tier two guy is going to be James Conner. I've never really been high on James Conner. I know he's got a good favorable place there in Arizona, especially with Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy at the quarterback position. And what I mean by that per se um, is the fact that obviously Cole McCoy was, is the starter right now while Kyler Murray is out. And then when Kyler Murray comes back, he won't necessarily be fully healthy. So that's why I like him there to start. Um, but I think, you know, he's going to get to be able to be both a first running back or a running back two option. He's going to be able to be a pass catcher as well as just a rushing running back as well. So I kind of like that there. I like James Conner. I think he's going to fit in pretty nicely. And he's the guy that I'm getting that run back to, or even a flex position week in and week out. Then I got James Cook. I like James Cook more because I like the PPR aspect of James Cook. If you're not in a PPR league, I would definitely avoid James Cook, but he's going to get five, six receptions a game, which is going to be huge for his PPR value because that's five, six points right there. 
especially with running backs being a bit inconsistent as of late. Having a guy like James Cook is going to be solid. He's going to be a guy that a lot of guys should target. On top of that, the Buffalo Bills pass a lot, and they also win a lot of games. They score a lot of points. So just a lot of opportunity. And when they're ahead by a lot of points or they're winning, you know, they're going to run the ball. So it's just a win-win situation. I'm targeting James Cook a lot in my drafts. Joe Mixon, not a lot of people are high on Joe Mixon whatsoever, and I understand that. But, I mean, yeah, last year you could argue his stats were a bit fluctuated with an outlier five-touchdown performance, I believe it was, that one week. But Joe Mixon is consistent. And more than anything, Joe Mixon, again, it's a good situation as far as a good fit. And that's something that is more important than anything. Sure, is the Bengals' offensive line the greatest? No. But do they have a great quarterback, great offense? Yes. I mean, again, if they're up by a lot, they're going to run the ball. Joe Mixon can be more fluctuated in the passing game. I think there's going to be a more heavy emphasis on that. Try to take a little bit of the load off a guy like Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase, et cetera. So I'm liking that situation there for, uh, for Joe Mixon. This is going to be as a shock to some, and I, I'm ready to hear the hate right now, but I got Malik Davis. If anyone does not know who Malik Davis is, he's on the Dallas Cowboys. He's currently the running back, too, right now for the Cowboys. But we saw what they did with Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard was a guy, yeah, they obviously drafted um, and, and had kind of successes there and wanted to kind of see what they could do with Tony Pollard. But he was a guy that, per se, I guess you could say kind of came out of nowhere. A fourth-round selection in whatever draft it was that he was in. Malik Davis... He's a guy that I believe didn't even get drafted. He's a guy that just kind of uh, in his second season, you know, from Florida. He was a great running back in Florida. I'm expecting him to do a similar situation. Everyone's high on Tony Pollard, and I think there's a good extent to be high on Tony Pollard. But at the same time, this would not surprise me if they do a Davis, or not Davis Mills, a Malik Davis Tony Pollard connection like they did with Zeke and, and Tony Pollard. So I'm really high on Malik Davis. I'm getting him, especially to hold on to and wait to kind of see his production translate. But he's the guy that you can definitely get in your drafts, especially if you wait patiently. Jameer Gibbs, I agree with you. It was a weird pick. I mean, we all saw them pick Jameer Gibbs and we're like, what the hell are they doing? Like, they obviously had DeAndre Swift at the time. They got rid of him, so it started to make more sense. But again, it was just like a weird pick. I mean, Jameer Gibbs is good. Don't get me wrong. He comes from Alabama, and that's important. But more than that, I think, you know, he's in a good situation there, and he's – going to be the the main running back if not the entirety of the running backs for you know the the Detroit Lions I mean they don't have um DeAndre Swift anymore who is the only guy in my opinion that would Montgomery now but really compete for that spot there so I definitely like him I think he's got a lot of opportunity to to grow and be great and I think he's a guy that you know he was a first round selection so they're going to utilize him a lot but I definitely like him there um next I got AJ Dillon AJ Dillon's a guy I mean, I'm not the highest on A.J. Dillon. I'm definitely more of an A.J. or Aaron Jones fan, but A.J. Dillon's more of a meaty guy. He's not going to get you as much production as Aaron Jones was as far as stats are concerned, but he is going to get you touchdowns a lot, and he's going to be a big-time back, which is something that I guess you can use accordingly. you got to kind of play Russian roulette with it at times and figure out the right time to draft him and the right times not to. But at the end of the day, He's going to be a guy that they'll give you some consistent power back numbers. He's a guy more than anything I think you just want to hold on to and kind of see what happens because, you know, if something does happen to Aaron Jones, well, then you're in a way better position there. So I do like the connection there of him and kind of seeing what um, he can make from that and if there is something that maybe he does translate to the running back one or the more consistent of the two. But, you know, at first I wasn't a big A.J. Dillon fan, especially in previous seasons, but I think going into this year I have a lot of opportunity too. Take Bigsby. Take Bigsby's a guy that – I like. I'm really high on Tank Bigsby. Sometimes I question if I'm high in real life because of how high I am on Tank Bigsby, but I'm really liking Tank Bigsby. He's a power back. He's a guy that's going to get you a lot of touchdowns. I, I'm saying this from a jump. I think he'll give you at least eight touchdowns in this season. That may be crazy to say, but I really do believe so. He's a guy that's going to get fed heavily there. 
I think it's going to take some of the, well, I know it's going to take some of the production away from Travis Etienne, but I think that's one of the reasons why I'm really high on him and, and kind of seeing the successes that he could potentially have as time goes on there. So big, big guy there on Tank Bigsby, really liking him, targeting him in your drafts. My boy Alexander Madison, got to go with him there at the number two spot. It's a bit weird. I mean, there was some rumors that potentially Kareem Hunt could, you know, filter in the mix here at this spot here and maybe, you know, on the Minnesota Vikings as a whole. But at the end of the day, Alexander Madison still a prolific running back for the Vikings. And he's going to be good. He's not going to be good as Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin Cook's a really mobile back. I mean, they look identical. So I guess there's a point there that people are making. But I'm liking him. I think he's going to be solid. And I think he uh, he's going to fit the Vikings offense well again. It's just a heavy offense. And the running game isn't great because their line isn't great. But you'll get enough production from Madison. He'll definitely be a running back too for next week in and week out. Unless they sign a guy like Kareem Hunt or something like that happens. DeAndre Swift. I have DeAndre Swift here at this tier two position. I like DeAndre Swift a lot now that he's in Philadelphia. I honestly liked him a lot in Detroit. I thought he obviously got screwed over with just having, um, you know, the situation that he was in with having Jamal Williams be a part of, you know, basically taking all the touchdowns from him, um, which is obviously a bit disappointing for DeAndre Swift. But in Philadelphia, he's in a good position as far as he's in a good offense. I mean, Miles Sanders kind of started to blossom there in Philadelphia towards the end of his career in Philadelphia. So I like DeAndre Swift a lot, and he's a great pass-catching running back, which I thought Miles Sanders was not. I think this gives, um, you know, now an opportunity to get rid of the Gainwell as the Boston Scots. So you can really have a good all-purpose back there in DeAndre Swift. Zach Charbonnet. Loving Zach Charbonnet this season. I think he's a guy that's not necessarily underrated because people are talking about him, but he's a guy that definitely should get more respect, especially as time goes on. Charbonnet is a guy that's a big back. He's elusive. He's very athletic. He came from, you know, UCLA. Not necessarily reminds me a lot of Dalvin Cook, but reminds me a lot of, I guess, people not necessarily talking about him as much as maybe they should, um, you know, going into this year. And I think he's going to be huge for the Seahawks. And like I said, that's one of the reasons why I'm not high on Kenneth Walker, but I'm high on Zach Charbonnet. Rashad White, this is kind of just a filler spot here. I mean, because Rashad White for the Bucks is a guy that, He's a guy that's consistent. I mean, we know that. But at the same time, too, I mean, the Bucks' offense is just not consistent at that point. I mean, they got Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, more like Kyle Ass. So I don't really know what they're going to do as far as offense is concerned. But I do think Rashad White will be filtering the mix. And he's a pass-catching running back. So in and of itself, pass-catching running backs are just huge to have because, um, you know, they are guys that, are not necessarily underrated, again, but just guys that can have consistency and be the absolute studs for you. So curious to see, I guess, as Rashard Wright blossoms into the Bucks' offense, what kind of production he is going to be able to have. Brian Robinson. I got Brian Robinson here. Love Brian Robinson. I know I talked a lot about him with Antonio Gibson. I think Robinson, I mean, he was having games of 20-plus touches every week, it seemed like. Obviously, he got shot, so he had to miss the first four or five games of the season. But when he came back, he did way better than I think a lot of people were expecting. I mean, yeah, he comes from Alabama. He's a good running back. Everyone knows that. But maybe not a lot of people were expecting how big of an impact he truly was going to make on that commander's offense. And going into this year, I think he's got more of an even bigger role and a bigger shooter fill. And, again, the biggest thing with the uh, commanders this year is a, is a couple of changes. First of all, new quarterback once again in Sam Howell. How is Sam Howell going to play? I'm obviously – not the biggest Sam Howell fan, but I do believe that he is a guy that can have success. And under Eric Bieniemy, I mean, a lot of the guys have already started complaining about Bieniemy, which is kind of funny to think because NFL players are complaining about Bieniemy. But at the end of the day, like he's going to get the the Commanders' offense better. He's going to get the Commanders' team better, for that matter. And we see the success that he had there in Kansas City. Obviously, it helps when you have um, Patrick Mahomes, you got Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill for a period of time. I understand that, but. 
more than that, I mean, it's just like an all-purpose coach and a guy that can really provide with tremendous input and outcome. So I guess maybe it's not your prototypical Eric Bieniemy offense because the Chiefs are not the commanders. I mean, they're just not on the same page. We know that. But how is Bieniemy going to incorporate the two running backs or three running backs that they end up utilizing or whatever the situation is? And I think that's going to be the biggest fun fun piece to watch and then kind of see the development there of the commander's offense as a whole. But I do like him a lot. I think he's going to be good. Put Zeke here at tier two. I think again, I mean, the Patriots don't really like Ramondre. I mean, yeah, Ramondre is now in a better situation without Damian Harris. And obviously they went out and got Zeke. I mean, at the end of the day, they got Zeke. I mean, Zeke's not that great as far as where he was at previously in his career. So they obviously see a lot in Zeke or they don't see anything in, I shouldn't say anything. That's, that's not necessarily the right term, but not much in, in um, Ramondre Stevenson. Or they want to do more of a two-running back system, you know, whatever the situation is. And that's a bit that does concern me about Ramondre. But I do like Zeke a lot. You know, I think Zeke's a guy that, that can filter in very nicely and kind of make an impact from the get-go. We've seen what he was able to do for the Cowboys, and I think that's going to be a, a similar situation here, which is one of the reasons why I did put Ramondre as well as my tier, uh, in my Tier 2 spot. Just because, I mean, Ramondre is still going to get you fantasy production, but at, not as much. I had him as tier one until the uh, Ezekiel Elliott signing because he really was the only running back there, it seemed like, on the Patriots team. But now, obviously, times a bit change, and they got Zeke to worry about, or teams got Zeke to worry about, I guess you could say, at the running back position. And then finally, I got Delvin Cook. I mean, Delvin Cook recently just signed with the Jets. We're kind of waiting to see what he had to do there. I did recently have Michael Carter in this position, but now I think he's more falling off the face of the earth per se. I mean, he still, I think it's going to have a really big impact for a third running back on the roster, but definitely not as much as Dalvin cook or um, breeze hall for that matter. Breeze hall, obviously just got reinstated there, but Dalvin cook, we see what he's able to do. It was kind of an interesting signing in my opinion, because I felt like the Jets were pretty stable at the running back position. And again, it's one of those situations where you just get a guy that can best help your team. And I mean, Dalvin cook's great, but in my opinion, I don't think he necessarily needed him. I mean, I love Dalvin Cook. I'm glad that he's on a team and he's playing, and it'll be more fun to, you know, root for him. And, um, you know, unfortunately, he was no longer on the Vikings. But it's just kind of weird to see a situation like that happen because I didn't think that's necessarily needed him. But he is still a great all-purpose back, and he's going to be a guy that's huge for them. And uh, he's going to be a guy that can do both for the, the Jets. I'm really curious to see this Jets running back room. It's very, very curious for me. And then finally, this is a mid one to two because I, I struggled putting him in a spot because I just didn't feel comfortable putting him in a spot. And it is going to be Alvin Kamara. I put him at mid one, two or tier one, two in the middle, right between because Alvin Kamara is a tier one, possibly superstar running back, especially under Drew Brees um, as far as fantasy value. But he is missing the first three games. So maybe that does knock him off the tier one list. But when he's on the field, depending on how the other guys play as well, I mean, he's a guy that, again, can you know, be an impactful player from the get-go, even if he misses three games. So kind of an intriguing position there to see Alvin Kamara. But I do believe, especially when he's on the field, he is going to be a tier one running back. The question is, when is he going to be on the field? Well, obviously we know, but how is he going to be on the field and what successes or unsuccesses is he going to, you know, have there being, you know, missing three games? Is it three games or two games added where he's got kind of rust or they find a new system so far? So it's kind of risky, but I'm still getting Kamara. I think he's still a very reliable option at that running back position. So we'll see as, again, time goes on what happens there. And then uh, your tier one. So for my tier one, some of these guys, I believe, could go superstar. Just kind of depends on uh, QB play and also how much they're uh, utilized. I think I have, like, my top five, and these next guys kind of go up and down. Uh, my first one, I have Austin Eckler. 
Austin Eckler, I feel like people believe he had like a bad season last year just because like it wasn't, I guess, as good as the year before. But even then, he only finished with, I believe, eight total less fantasy points and still finished as RB4 on the year. Uh, had a little bit more than uh, 900 receiving or rushing yards, 13 touchdowns. Uh, his receptions went up. He went from 70 receptions to 107. His touchdowns did go down from eight to five. But even then, 107 receptions, five uh, receiving touchdowns, 722 receiving yards, 915 rushing yards, 13 rushing touchdowns. That's, you could argue, superstar running back right there. Uh, I think Herbert's going to have a big year. I think people are maybe, I don't know if they're really looking over Eckler, but he is 28. So out of all these guys, I guess you could say he's on the older side, but like not really. I don't know. There's just been a lot of, Things around running backs, especially ones that are uh, pushing thirty years old, where they're where these teams, it feels like they're kind of giving up on them. Now, granted, yes, it's not every team, but it seems like a lot of them are kind of pushing away from that. Uh, next up, I have Josh Jacobs. I don't really like Josh Jacobs. I never did. Uh, he was a solid back his entire career. He averaged a good amount of fantasy points every year. He got you right around the thousand yards uh, rushing. Uh, between like seven to ten rushing touchdowns within that area. Not many receptions. Uh, at least early on in his career, toward the last couple of years, he had averaging right around 55. But last year was definitely his breakout year, having 1600 rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns, which tied it, uh, which tied a career high. He had 53 uh, receptions, 400 receiving yards, no receiving touchdowns in that time. So yes, he finished RB one, uh, but. If you look at his fantasy points, what he averages per year, uh, he he scored about 100 more fantasy points than what he has the last three years, just on average. So I don't know if he's going to be able to repeat that. So I couldn't put him in my superstar heroes because of that, even though he had a superstar type uh, year last year. I just think uh, also losing Derek Carr, uh, Waller, Waller being gone now, losing those weapons, it's going to be harder for them to run the ball. I think they're going to think they're going to rely a lot on Jacobs and they're going to double team Devontae Adams. It's going to be harder for them to, uh, harder for those two to be able to put up fancy points. Next up, I have Tony Pollard. Uh, I do, I do agree. Pollard, it's an interesting situation because it's, they showed it last, these last couple of years that they like running the two, uh, running back system, but it seems like there always is a one, one back that leads a little bit more. It was Zeke for a while, uh, when they drafted Pollard back in, 2019 and now Pollard took over uh, because Zeke, got, Zeke did get older now obviously I mean this was this last year was his first uh, big year a thousand yards nine rushing touchdowns 375 371 rece- receiving yards three receiving touchdowns I think he's going to put up another year maybe not like a prime Zeke year but one of those better Zeke years he could put up similar numbers even though they have another uh, running back if they do more of a committee like how they have been the offensive line's great, and Dax is able to uh, use his running backs well, be able to uh, recognize if it's a pass, uh, if it's a, if they need him to receive, they need him to rush. I mean, they rely on the running backs. The offensive line's great, so see if like whoever's the lead back there. But the Cowboys is always as well. Next up, I have Aaron Jones. It's going to be a weird situation with Aaron Jones because yes, you have AJ Dillon there. He's going to be more the goal line back. Uh, but Aaron Jones not having Rodgers there is going to be interesting because we know how much Rodgers likes, loves using his running backs. 
Last year, uh, Aaron Jones played in all 17 games, had 1,100 rushing yards, two uh, rushing touchdowns, which is a career low for him. Uh, his big year was he had 16, but all the other years he had between four to nine. Uh, on the receiving side, 59 receptions, 395 receiving yards, five receiving touchdowns. So I don't know if he's going to put someone in like that. I think the rushing touchdowns were definitely low, and he could get a lot more. He could get some more. Uh, but I don't know about his receiving side, uh, how much Jordan Love's going to use the running backs there. Uh, so that's a little bit of a concern there. He's one of those guys I put in Tier 1, but you could potentially move him down to Tier 2. Next up, I have Alvin Kamara. I mean, Kamara's been in a committee his entire career. Yes, he hasn't broken 1,000 rushing yards, uh, but he consistently is right around that eight high 800s, low 900s. He's going to get you right around five to 600 receptions, get you a good amount of receiving touchdowns uh, and a, de- a good amount of rushing touchdowns, kind of depending on the year. He's had years where he's had 16, 14, and then years like this past year where he only had two. So I don't think he's going to lose a lot there. Yes, he's going to miss the first three games, which is going to suck, but I think you could also get him for a little bit of a discount because of that. Uh, I think he, he will be a true RB1 this year. I think he's going to take over. And we saw what uh, Carr did last year. He started utilizing his running back a little bit more in the passing game, which is right up uh, Kamara's alley. We saw that last year with uh, uh, with Josh Jacobs. Like I mentioned before, you see how he had a career high, I believe, in receptions and re- receiving yards. Next up, I have Bijan Robinson. I mean, last year in college, he was a beast. He was a workhorse. Had 250 eight, uh, rush attempts for 1,580 rushing yards, 18 rushing touchdowns. He only had 19 receptions for 316, or sorry, 314 receiving yards, which was a 16.5 average per reception, which is really good. I mean, you're probably not going to get that in the NFL, but even then, having a little bit of that receiving threat uh, helps with two re- receiving touchdowns. Uh, this offense, there is a lot going there. I mean, I don't like Ritter. The uh, weapons aren't bad in Drake London, Kyle Pitts, but if there's going to be anything going on with the offense, it's going to be through Bijan. Our offensive line isn't great, but I don't think Bijan really cares. I think he's just going to be a beast this year, and he's just going to do whatever he wants at this point. And then for my last one, I have the Jets running backs, Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. I had Brees Hall here first when I made when I was wanting to make this, and I remembered that they signed Dalvin Cook. Uh, so they're at the bottom. They're one of those ones that could be Tier 1, Tier 2, uh, right in that in-between area. Just because I like Brees Hall. He did get injured, but when he was healthy last year, I mean, he was tearing it up. And then Dalvin Cook, we've seen what he can do. I mean, you've seen it firsthand uh, when he was at the Vikings. But Dalvin Cook is an interesting situation where it's like he's on the older side, but they have young running backs like Brees Hall. They, I think they should use more, but Dalvin Cook is definitely going to demand a lot of those carries, especially when he's playing well. So my first and tier one is going to be Bijan Robinson. I mean, we saw what Bijan Robinson has able to do there at Texas and going into a much better situation as far as NFL is concerned. But he's still a guy that a lot of people are obviously extremely high on and, and respectively so. I mean, this guy is insane. and He's going to fit the offense very well as far as what he can provide. The question is, can he be provided with that in return as far as his offensive line play? Even Desmond Ritter's play as well. But Bijan Robinson's a beast. It kind of reminds me a lot of Saquon to an extent, too, because we obviously saw Saquon, especially early in his career, he was a guy that didn't have a great offensive line. Tremendous skills, but was not getting the production, per se, that you know he should have gotten. And that's something that I think going into this year, 
it's going to be curious to see. But Bijan's one of those guys that could be a Saquon Barkley. He could be a franchise piece, and he probably end up will be um, for the Atlanta Falcons at least. The question is, what success is he going to be able to have from that? Is he going to be able to have, you know, a great amount of success, or is he going to struggle and and struggle at least to start, but then you know turn into this guy that's insane three four years down the line. But he's a great running back. Also, I forgot to mention too for tier one. These are guys that are not superstars, obviously, but these are guys that I'm trying to at least – I need to get at least one of them. I'm desperately trying to get a superstar and a Tier 1 guy in my first two picks, but these are Tier 1 guys that are going to be your RB1s, maybe RB2s, but you know, starting every week for you. So Bijan there is my first one in Tier 1. Then I got Nick Chubb. I love Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb is – I think going to have his best year yet going into this season. I mean, previously, you know, he was stuck in a situation, I guess, stuck is a, an appropriate word, I guess, but with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, I mean, Kareem Hunt took away some production there, but looking at that running back room, we got Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, Dimitri Fulton Jr. and John Kelly Jr. So Nick Chubb is basically single-handedly himself out there. And he could arguably be put into a superstar category just on that alone. Um, you know, he's a guy that can potentially, you know, be filtered into a mix very nicely and, and have the tremendous success that, you know, a lot of people were expecting him to have from the get-go. Uh, but now that Kareem Hunt and even Ernest Johnson aren't there, it's an interesting running back room. But Nick Chubb, especially with how kind of inconsistent and poorly, um, what's his face, Deshaun Watson had played recently. I mean, that's something that it can, can change over time. So that's something, again, take notice of and, and see as time moves on there. But Definitely got to be happy if you're yeah, Nick Chubb in at least one of your fantasy leagues going into the season. Uh, then I got Tony Pollard. Again, I talked a lot about how I like Malik Davis, but even if I like Malik Davis a lot, I still think Tony Pollard is going to be a tier run running back. He's going to be a guy that you know a lot of people are excited to see and uh, see the successes that he is able to have and um, you know what he can do. But t- Tony Pollard is a guy that, again, a lot of people are extremely high on uh, going into this year, and respectively so. He does it in both ways. And, a Cowboys offense is prolific in of itself. So that's some interesting notes there to note, uh, but I definitely like him there. Then I have Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones is definitely better than A.J. Dillon. I think there's going to be a more statistician-wise purpose for Aaron Jones as far as how he plays with A.J. Dillon. be a bit uh, interesting to see. It obviously worked last year for him. He was still a guy that would get his touches and whatnot, and especially going into this year where you don't have Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be a heavy emphasis on running the football and getting both running backs for that matter involved. So I'm liking him a lot there. Um, I think he's going to be good. Jonathan Taylor. Putting Jonathan Taylor at Tier 1, my expectation is Jonathan Taylor is playing, you know, for the Colts, and whether that's week one or whatever. I mean, as far as health is concerned, you know, happiness is concerned, that's my expectation. Now, Jonathan Taylor is one of those guys, too, that – I think there's a bit of risk going into this year, but I'm taking that risk because there's, especially the running back position, if I get a superstar of my first pick, like let's say I got my superstar that I'll talk about. I only got three of them. Um, but if I get a superstar of my first pick there, I'm taking a, a Jonathan Taylor of my second pick because you could potentially have one of my superstars and a Jonathan Taylor. I mean, let's not forget, not too long ago, Jonathan Taylor was the number one overall running back. Everyone was drafting him with the number one pick last season. And going into this year, obviously, he didn't perform to, you know, that number one overall standard. But he's a guy that, again, he's going to be a difference maker on that Colts team. Anthony Richardson's a runner. Jonathan Taylor's a runner. It's a perfect situation. Sure, is their line getting older and maybe a little bit inconsistent? Yes. But you got to take risks at times like this, especially with a guy of Jonathan Taylor's value. And we've seen Jonathan Taylor, his successes that he's had throughout his career thus far. So I'm definitely going to be high on him. And um, I think he's going to be good, too. Josh Jacobs, love Josh Jacobs this year. Again, similar situation as far as 
we're expecting he's playing, but again, nobody really knows for sure. Uh, but he's a guy that he's going to get at least 25 touches a game. He's single-handed, the only running back there back in the time when, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders did have, uh, obviously, Josh Jacobs, and then they had guys like Kenyon Drake, too. There was a bit more, I guess, concerns, but now they have Zamir White, Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bowman, and Josh Jacobs. So I'm really liking Josh Jacobs this year. I think he produces really well, and um, he has a very high eclipse. And again, he's just a guy that has tremendous success going into not only this week, but I guess the future for the, the Raiders, whether he's with them or I guess if he's by himself as well. So we'll see again what, what kind of impact that Jacobs is able to make. Cam Akers. I'm high on Cam Akers this year. I mean, obviously last last year, week one, he was a dud. He got, what, zero fantasy points, and a lot of people were pissed. But I'm really high on Cam Akers. I think, you know, Cam Akers has got a great situation. Inconsistent play at quarterback with Matthew Stafford. Question marks with Cooper Cup. Potential health issues, all that stuff. Cam Akers is the only running back there. Not Kyron Williams, Zach Evans, Royce Freeman. I mean, yeah, maybe Royce Freeman, but he's a four-string running back at the moment. So I'm liking Cam Akers a lot. He'll do it on both sides for you, and that's really all you can ask for and all you need. So I'm liking that there. I think it's a, it's a good spot, and I'd be curious to, like I said, see what happens with, with the Cam Akers, for example. And then my uh, next uh, running back in my tier, I got three more in this tier at Saquon. We saw what Saquon was able to do. He potentially could be argued into a superstar mix. Again, I think his breakout year per se in fantasy was last season, but he still concerns me at least a little bit. Um, He is a guy that's obviously great, but more than that, I'm concerned for, I guess, maybe his happiness as well as maybe how the offensive line will play. It is a little bit worse compared to previous, like last season for a matter. And I'm scared to see that Giants offense play as a whole. So it's almost like a lose-lose situation there with Saquon. But he's a guy that you are going to want to pick up, and he is a guy that is a number one running back. So there's a lot of chances for success there. Brees Hall, even with the Dalvin Cook uh, signing, I'm still liking Brees Hall at this position. We saw what he was able to do last year. I mean, people were expecting him to maybe, obviously, be a productive running back, but maybe not as productive as he was last season. But he really was productive for the Giants, I mean, the Jets, excuse me. And, you know, he's one of those guys that's, again, been consistent and been huge for them. I think even with the addition of Dalvin Cook, you could maybe see a Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall connection between the two and that'd be great to see not only for for football purposes but in the grand scheme as a whole too so I think again it's a win-win situation there and I'm I'm really just curious to see what Brees Hall is going to be able to do and the impact that he is going to be able to make for the Jets alongside a guy like Dalvin Cook and even Michael Carter let's not forget Michael Carter is still going to be I think an impactful player will he be as impactful as in years past no but will he still be an impactful player yeah I do believe so Brees Hall is still a tier one player in my opinion and then a guy that I was really trying to put in my superstar tier, I had him there for a while, and then I really thought about it. It just didn't make as much sense um, as, as time went on. But it is going to be Najee Harris. Najee Harris, very disappointing last season. I think even Najee Harris would, would say that as far as production and fantasy value. It wasn't that prototypical year that you'd expect. More than anything this season, I'm expecting Najee Harris to be kind of like a reincarnation of Derrick Henry. It sounds really stupid, but you look at a guy like Najee Harris and then you look at a guy like Derrick Henry. I mean, both of them kind of look the same, ideally, as far as like the way that they run, their hairstyle, everything like that. Derrick Henry, obviously 6'3", 247 pounds. I don't know if there's going to be another guy with his prototype that has the success that he has there. 
And then Najee Harris, 6'1", 240. So very similar as far as their measurables are concerned. Najee Harris' production last year was not great as compared to what it was maybe expected to be. But Najee Harris is a guy that he's the only running back, like almost like a situation like Tennessee. I mean, yeah, Jalen Warren, Anthony McFarlane Jr., Darius Hagan, sure, potentially could be mixed into that, sure. But, I mean, Najee Harris will be the Derrick Henry as far as running the ball. And I, I don't trust Kenny Pickett as well. So interesting to kind of see there. But I think Najee Harris gets at least – hot take, I think he gets at least 16 touchdowns this season, which is going to be tremendous fantasy value. So Najee is going to be my final Tier 1 player. Now your superstar tier. So for my superstar tier, I'm going to lead it off with De- – uh, sorry, with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, being there with uh, the 49ers now, uh, new head coach. I mean, one of the, probably one of the best offensive line to head coaches – in the league, if not up there all time in Kyle Shanahan. I mean, when he came over to the Niners, played in 11 games, had 746 r- rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns. He had 464 receiving yards on 52 receptions, four receiving touchdowns. On the year, finished five receiving touchdowns, 741 receiving yards, 85 receptions, 1,139 uh, rushing yards, eight rushing touchdowns. Uh, he, I wouldn't say he had a down year. I mean, in comparison to two years before that, he's been injured, played seven and three games. But before that, he had 15 touchdowns, uh, 19 combined, 13 combined touchdowns, having a good amount, almost uh, 2,000 yards, or over 2,000 yards the last full season he played. He had 13, 1,400-ish uh, combined yards with a combined 19 touchdowns. Uh, and that was with Carolina. Yeah, Carolina wasn't bad. They had Cam Newton. I believe during that season, so more of a dynamic quarterback. Uh, but the quarterback situation is going to be interesting, and I think they're going to rely on uh, Christian McCaffrey a lot, especially being a receiving back. Uh, whoever is going to be at quarterback, it's going to be Purdy, Lance, whoever it's going to be uh, at this point. Uh, I think CMC, they're going to rely on him a lot. His rushing game is uh, a lot, but especially his receiving game, being able to be that dual threat. Uh, and just having him be one of those guys, I think a lot of people are going to go after him early, especially being how good he was with the Niners for the 11-ish games uh, during the regular season last year. I think a lot of people are going to be hyped about him. Next up, I'm going to go with uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, I mean, there's no one there really in Tennessee that's going to take away that job or take away any type of snaps. And last year we saw his receiving uh, upside a little bit more Uh not granted, he's never been a re- big receiving back for the touchdowns, but last year uh, had a career high 33 receptions with 398 receiving yards, had 1500 uh, rushing yards with 13 rushing touchdowns. Uh, just imagine if he's able to get into his uh, low 30s for receptions with getting almost 400 receiving yards, and he bumps up those touchdowns from 13 to maybe that 16 to 17, or bumps up those. Uh, uh, rushing yards from 1,500 to 1,600. I know those numbers are outlandish, but those are definitely numbers that uh, Derrick Henry can put up, and I wouldn't be surprised if he did do that. I mean, just the other uh, – not too long ago, I mean, in 2021, in eight games, he had almost 1,000 yards in eight games rushing with 10 rushing touchdowns. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, if he's off to a hot start unhealthy, I don't think there's anyone who can doubt that King Henry is the best running back in the league. Next up, I am going to go with Nick Chubb. Um, you mentioned some of the running backs there. There's no one there that's really going to take his job. Uh, Durance Johnson wasn't bad when he was there. No more Kareem Hunt. 
I think uh, this year he's going to have a quarterback who's going to be a little bit better than what he's had before. It's going to free up some more space for him. Uh, Cream Hunt, or sorry, not, Nick Chubb's never been the biggest receiving back. Uh, last year only having 27 receptions on 239 receiving yards, which is about nine yards per reception, which is really good. Uh, but only one receiving touchdown, 12 rushing touchdowns, 1,500 yards. He just had a more of a quiet year, it felt like. Finished as the RB5, um, but he's just solid. I mean, he's almost had – he's had 1,000 yards every year uh, except for his rookie year where he missed that by four. He's minimum eight touchdowns every year. He, he's had eight three years and then two 12s. I mean, this could be the year where he could break – he could keep it at 1,500 rushing yards and get more than the 12 touchdowns, maybe be able to receive out of the backfield a bit more because of Kareem Hunt or no, one of those other guys aren't there. And for my, uh, I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor next. Uh, his big thing uh, is, is, is he going to play or where is he going to play if he does play? Um, I mean, Taylor, like you mentioned last year, a lot of people were drafting him first overall because of what he did. But now that he is going to be playing, hopefully, I mean, it, it's a sticky situation what's going on over there. But him, him he's just such a dynamic running back. He can receive – uh, he can rush, and like you mentioned with the quarterback situation on some of the other quarterback shows, talking about Anthony Richardson, he's either going to be the best quarterback or the worst quarterback. If he's the worst quarterback, then they're going to rely on Jonathan Taylor a lot. If he's the best quarterback, he's good. They're going to rely on Jonathan Taylor a lot because that means it's freeing up a lot more different types of plays they can run, the more uh, passing plays to the running back, which can be Jonathan Taylor because he does both. Uh, so Jonathan Taylor is just one of the things. Is he going to be healthy? I know he's rehabbing an ankle injury uh, on his own. And then is he going to be playing for the Colts? Or are they going to trade him? It doesn't seem like they're going to trade him, but just kind of depending if he plays, he's definitely one of those superstar type guys. And for my last one, I have Saquon Barkley. His big thing's just been injury. Uh, last year, played 16 games. It was probably his true breakout year. Or not his breakout year. His rookie year is definitely his breakout year, his best year. But just injuries and all that kind of derailed him. Last year, he kind of showed what he can do. Uh, granted, he didn't want to be franchise tagged, but I think he's going to try to prove it this year because he's got this year, and then he's I believe he's going to be a free agent. He's going to really show off that he still can be that guy in the league, uh, and it doesn't matter uh, if he gets paid by the Giants or who else. He had 1,300 yards, 10 rushing touchdowns, really good receiving numbers with 57 receptions. 339 uh, receiving yards, no receiving touchdowns, but he has potential to almost have 100 receptions. I mean, he did that his rookie year, 723 uh, receiving yards, had 1,300 rushing yards. I mean, had a combined 15 total tackles. Uh, I think he, on the list, he is the last one in that superstar to us, but I think he has a chip on his shoulder, and he's going to probably play some of his best ball because he is going to want to prove that he deserved that contract. Uh that he's going to try to get this next offseason. So my superstars, as mentioned, I mean, the superstar, in my opinion, is like superstar. It's almost like MVP, in my opinion. These are three guys that I think you have to draft. I mean, these are the three guys in my drafts that I'm – if I have a whatever pick, I'm drafting one of these three guys and be really pissed if I don't get at least one of these guys in all my 40 leagues that I'm doing this season. The first one is going to be – uh, Austin Eckler, because I'm loving Austin Eckler. I think he has the potential to be the number one overall running back in all of the NFL as far as fantasy production. Now, I get it. And Austin Eckler, you know, 
He had Justin Jackson. He's had guys that he's got like three, four running backs. But the production that he has had on both sides with the people that he's been surrounded by as far as how many people he's had to play against for playing time, it's insane. I know going into this year, there's a more heavy emphasis on using Austin Hickler. Obviously, originally there was concern for his injuries, stuff like that. But this is a season where it's almost make or break. I mean, especially with the running back room and, and wanting running backs to be happy, the Chargers know they have to feed a heavy dose to Eckler. He's the guy that gets eight, nine receptions a game. And that's eight, nine points right there on top of the reception yards, touchdowns, and the rushing, for that matter. It's an all-purpose back and one of the many reasons why I think Austin Eckler will be a star and finish probably as a number one overall player in uh, in fantasy or at least the running backs are concerned so huge on him also huge on Herbert if you missed my quarterback show I think it's going to be the MVP in this NFL season so I think it's gonna be a great connection there between the two of them I got Christian McCaffrey I mean Christian McCaffrey going over to San Francisco um, you know during last season obviously it was great in my opinion he's only got one guy to uh, face for playing time that's Elijah Mitchell but Christian McCaffrey again is a, is a same back as far as you know, production on both sides of it. I think going into this year, there is maybe a more expectation of having a bit of a balanced attack, which is why, not necessarily a balanced attack, but between uh, McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, for that matter, because Elijah Mitchell was injured last year, so it does scare me a little bit. But in the day, he's running through an open window as far as he has, like, no problems on the offensive line, the best offensive line in the entire NFL, in my opinion. So he's got the running ceiling, and then he's got the pass-catching ceiling as well. So win-win there for McCaffrey, it's obvious, especially with Brock Purdy, quote-unquote, being the quarterback right now. I think that's something that, um, you know, he likes using McCaffrey, and I think he's going to continue using him. And I'd be curious to see his production through a whole season with the 49ers. And then finally, it's Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry is a beast. We all know that. We all know what he was able to do there in Tennessee. And going into this year, I think he's going to have 18-plus touchdowns. I really do. I mean, there's a heavy emphasis on using Derrick Henry. He's a guy that kind of blossomed towards the end of the season last year from, you know, having a little bit of a slow start this year. So I think it's a win-win for a guy like Derrick Henry. And I'm really excited to see what Derrick Henry can do, especially in this offense, especially with quarterback uncertainty, having guys like Tannehill, Will Levis, Malik Willis. The one consistent would be Derrick Henry. I mean, knock on wood, he stays healthy. But – he had that uh, foot fasciitis, whatever injury I believe it was last year. The year before that, that you know had limited him. But other than that, I don't think there's been really too many significant injuries that have kept him off the field. I mean, look at him. He's what? Two, I said it earlier, 6'3", 247 pounds. I mean, I wish I looked like that. I mean, yeah, I don't play football. But that dude's just a different – he's not even human. Everyone says that all the time with Derrick Henry. And this is one of the last couple of years where Derrick Henry is going to be as prototypical type of a guy that he is. So I'm really high on Derrick Henry. And, I'm really high in the hype with him this season. I think, again, there's a lot of things going for him. So those are the three guys I'm desperately trying to draft. And there's guys, too, like especially if you're a six or seven pick, I think you have a good chance of getting these guys because there's guys that a lot of people are high on as well. But there's also guys like Jefferson, Jamar Chase, that people are going to try to grab in those first couple picks. So you can sit at a six pick. and If you get, if you can sit at a six pick and steal one of these guys, you just set your fantasy team to win a championship, in my opinion. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, definitely running backs are – Obviously, it's a bit of a longer show compared to quarterbacks because it's more in-depth and more strategy. I think running back, this is my this was my favorite show to do because I love the running back portion of fantasy football because it's so hard with today's day and age to have good, solid running backs. So really excited to see the mix that we're going to have here as far as running backs are concerned. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. I hope you guys did get some very good knowledge. Both AJ and I gave you a lot of information with basically all the main running backs that you could possibly draft or want to have on your fantasy teams. And obviously there's going to be guys that are going to step up to the plate, 
guys that you're going to make your free agent waiver wire pickups. We understand that. But going into the draft, it's really important. I know I say this a million times this episode, but running backs, running backs, running backs. Pride yourself on running backs. Take two, three solid running backs. Then with your next running back picks, make a couple risks because they might end up paying off. Then you have that for your team or a trade bait. But thank you guys for listening to another positional breakdown, another episode here in The Truth. If you guys did enjoy it, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value you do not want to miss. Thanks again to AJ for joining. Make sure you guys do subscribe. Make sure you guys do look on The Truth for the giveaway that ends August 28th. Make sure you guys hype into that. And until next time, I'm your host, the one you love the most now, has been joined once again by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.